Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything. It's so great to have you with us at the end of the broadcast day for Sirius XM Progress. Thank you to the great Dean Obadala for being such a terrific live lead-in. My God, you class this joint up, and we're really proud to drag it back down to our level as soon as you leave your studio. And for the next three hours, I would be delighted to have you guys be a part of our broadcast. It's already quite strong. Our executive producer is the great Chris Hauselt. The mighty Thea Harper runs this thing out of uh, Brooklyn, and we have some wonderful guests tonight. I'll get to them in a second. Uh, In the meantime, I want to let you know it's time, of course, to celebrate the holiday season and obviously, what's the real meaning of Christmas? What is the holiday all about? What is the reason for the season? Why do we actually go through all of this every year, having the holiday economy and going through all the effort of having a Christmas? Well, it's because you're supposed to look back at the highs and lows of the year that just ended on Sirius XM Progress. The Progress Avengers are back together again. It's like the traveling Wilburys of progressive talkers. And these people are good talkers. They got Zerlina Maxwell, Michelangelo Signorelli, Dino Badala, and me all together for one taping this week to find our inspiration in 2023 and give our Predictions for 2024. That is going to premiere this Friday. That's the 22nd at 7 p.m. Then they'll be replaced throughout the holiday week and on the new Sirius XM app. You can also hear Zerlina Maxwell reflect on the fight for reproductive rights and laying out the stakes for the coming year with her special bodily autonomy on the ballot in post-Dobbs America. That's also going to be Friday, but at 8 a.m. in the morning on the East Coast, that'll replay all over the holiday. And on the new SiriusXM app, who were the biggest winners and losers of 2023? I recommend you find out with the great Michelangelo Signorelli special, Angel and Turkey Awards. That's also going to be Friday the 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern, replays through the holiday. Dean Obadala's got a great year in review what just happened on Friday the 22nd at 6 p.m. with replays throughout the holiday. And to cap the whole day off, I will be appearing in my second, (laughs) my second year in review show of the day this Friday, uh, where we will explore politics, religion, and culture. We actually have two great year in review panels, one of them with the God Squad. And uh, as if that's not enough, you can also see me on Stephanie Rule on MSNBC on Friday night going through her year in review. What this means, friends, is I I think I'm going to have four year in review shows on Friday, and that's not counting Stephanie Miller. 
I look forward to repeating the same jokes as many times as possible. Want to let you all know the Sexy Liberal Tour is coming back next year. We have some very big announcements. It looks like there's going to be a lot of shows in a lot of rooms. I'm getting very excited to live in hotels and airports all year uh, and to do this radio show from airport broom closets. But if you want to go to the Northwest show to end all Northwest shows, January 20th, one year to the day before the next president is inaugurated, we are playing in the beautiful Herbst Theater in San Francisco, right by the Civic Center. It's a gorgeous space. We played there. Last time we played there, Nancy Pelosi joined us on stage. I'm not sure who's our special guest is going to be this time, but it makes a great holiday gift for anyone you know and love in the Pacific Northwest. That'll be me and Stephanie Miller and Hal Sparks and Frangela. Am I done plugging stuff? Uh, I, I think so. Let's get to the show. We have a lot to cover, guys. The IRS has announced they're waiving a billion dollars in late payment tax penalties from 2020 and 2021. This will go to about 4.7 million people and, and businesses and organizations who owe back taxes. And the agency said they are waiving the penalties because they stopped mailing automated reminders during the pandemic. So the waived penalties will be about $200 for each affected taxpayer. That's 4.7 million people with tax problems at Christmas getting an extra 200 bucks off their tab. About 70% of individual taxpayers who qualify have income below $100,000. That's what I call a good start. Now, there's a lot going on in the world, and all night long we're looking forward to you joining us. The U.S. and Venezuela had a prisoner swap. Ten Americans are coming home for the release of a close ally of President Maduro, who's been locked up here in the U.S. Meanwhile, over in Iceland, they're having a, an unexpected result from the volcano eruption. A lot of locals and tourists trying to witness the deadly spectacle. As the COVID variant JN.1 becomes the dominant strain in America and across the globe, the CDC is begging people the current boosters are effective against it. Please vax up. And for the third year in a row, signups for Obamacare have broken previous records. 19 million Americans have signed on to the Affordable Health Care Plan. And Joe Biden told reporters earlier today he does not expect a new hostage deal between Israel and Hamas to come anytime soon. He says the U.S. is pushing for one, but I'm waiting for them to push for a ceasefire as well. Tonight on the show, Brian Karam is with us, one of our favorite journalists, former Playboy magazine White House press room correspondent. Brian Karam asked Donald Trump a question three years ago in September of 2020 in the White House press room about the peaceful transfer of power that would come up the following year. The ruling by the Colorado Supreme Court taking Trump off the ballot actually quotes Brian Karam's question to Donald Trump. He's going to join us live shortly to discuss the ruling. Uh, TV's Frank, Frank Conniff, the star of Mystery Science Theater, will be here in hour number two to take your calls and solve all of your problems and answer any questions you have about politics, history, cheesy movies, your personal relationships, complex tax forms. Frank is here to help you. He's going to talk about what the Supreme Court might wind up doing with both this Donald Trump case and his uh, bogus presidential immunity. My bet is, and here's what I'm telling you, the Supreme Court's going to try and have it both ways. This is the John Roberts Court. They will overrule the Colorado Supreme Court and say Donald Trump can still be on the ballot because he was never convicted federally of insurrection, even though Confederates were barred from holding office without convictions. There's precedent. They quoted Gorsuch, but that's what they'll do. And to give the appearance of even-handedness, they will smack down Donald Trump's petulant efforts at claiming presidential immunity for crimes he committed in the past. I think that's what's going to happen. So we're still in shock 
from the decision to disqualify Trump from Colorado's 2024 primary ballot. Joe Biden said today there was no question that Trump was responsible for leading an insurrection. He didn't really seem to want to weigh in on the legal argument that Donald Trump should be barred from the state's ballots. Here is President Biden answering reporters' question about Trump's complicity in the January 6th insurrection. Trump an insurrectionist, sir? Well, I think certainly you're self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. And no question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Yeah. So, again, if this ruling stands, Trump can't be on Colorado's ballot for the GOP primary, which is coming up in March. And Trump's already said they're going to appeal the ruling to the Supreme Court, but it's very slanted in his favor. If, let's just say, the judges come out and say, no, you you really did it. It's airtight case. You're down. It changes nothing. Donald Trump was never going to win the 10 electoral votes in Colorado anyway. Maybe he won't win the primary there. But still, you can you just let's assume for the night of Election Day 2024, Joe Biden already has 10 electoral votes on the board before we begin. Earlier today with SiriusXM POTUS' Steve Scully, Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold said she agrees with the Trump ballot ruling, but will leave the decision to the Supreme Court. To be very clear, I agree with the Colorado Supreme Court. I've always said that Trump incited the insurrection, and I do not think there is a loophole in the Constitution that allows a president to violate the oath of office and be on the ballot again. With that said, if the Supreme Court overturns this ruling, I will listen to the court because that's how democracy works. Unlike Donald Trump, I'll always follow the Constitution and the rule of law. So here's what I want to talk about. In the midst of all of this, Donald Trump really set off a firestorm over the weekend that's been kind of overshadowed by the Colorado Supreme Court news, where he told these rally folks in New Hampshire that immigrants are pouring into the U.S. from around the world and poisoning the blood of our country. Now, you guys have heard of Godwin's Law, right? That's named after Mike Godwin. He was a, an early internet big shot. He made this expression up back in 1990. And it, it, what it means is, if you're talking about Hitler, if you're the party who's mentioning Nazis, you're losing the argument. If you've compared the other guy to Hitler or Nazis, then you've lost the argument. That, that's, that's, you know, the gist of Godwin's Law. I, I believe it. I'm not going to be a Nazi about it, but, you know. Joe Biden's been accused of this. For the last 24 hours or so. But this weekend, when Joe Biden's campaign said that Trump had parroted Adolf Hitler when he said these undocumented immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country, he was telling the truth. Now, Donald Trump has always embodied principles of what we call white nationalism. And now he is cutting and pasting hate speak from the most evil white supremacist white nationalist in history and putting it in his mouth. It's fascism, guys. It is white supremacy. It is dehumanizing language that would not be weird to hear in a white supremacist discord chat room. Just so you understand why this is bigoted. Okay. Let, let just, just in case. Okay. In addition to sound like sounding like it's bad dialogue from Slytherin house and Harry Potter, you mudblood <laughs> saying that you're poisoning the blood of our country. The basis for citizenship in this country, in a democracy is uh, the constitution. These rules we agree to follow and these values we agree to live by. Not your ethnicity. Understand? Citizenship means we've agreed on these values. You swear an oath to be a citizen or you grow up in this country and you live here and enjoy the protections of this state and de facto agree to the rules of this country. And if you don't, well, they can put you in jail for it. 
You can petition to change the laws, but generally speaking, we agree on a set of civic values. So when you describe Latino immigrants, African immigrants, and Asian immigrants only as poisoning the blood of our country, you're doing it based on racist bigotry. He's not saying those Norwegians are poisoning the blood. He's talking about Latinos, Asians, and Africans. This comes from the premise that lazy white people have, that the U.S. is um, uh, an ethno-state, that the U.S. belongs to white people. It's our country. When I debated David Duke on TV, he said white people are becoming a minority in their own country. This is how they think, and they believe that racism is guys in hoods burning crosses. That's bigotry. Racism is the soft acceptance of it. Racism is being dumb. Racism is spreading stereotypes and scapegoating, whether you realize you're doing it or not. You can have no hatred in your heart and still be a part of the problem. So, so again, if you're saying that these non-white people are poisoning the blood of our country, well, you're using Hitler imagery for racist purposes. <laughs> blood and ethnic heritage doesn't determine what makes America. But Hitler understood white nationalism. And Hitler understood that, you know, how to speak to all kinds of racists. In his book, Hitler argued that avoiding race mixing was why white people were so powerful in the United States. Let me quote Hitler. Unlike Trump, I don't have a bunch of Hitler speeches in my house by the bedside. His wife said he kept them there. I had to look it up. In North America, said Adolf, the Teutonic element, which has kept its racial stock pure and did not mix it with any other racial stock has come to dominate the American continent and will remain master of it as long as that element does not fall a victim to the habit of adulterating its blood. Adulterating its blood. So here's the rally in New Hampshire on Saturday. Trump went on a very Hitler-like diatribe. Just give a listen about the threats immigrants pose to America. Here's clip one. We got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. Uh, the crime is going to be tremendous. The terrorism is going to be terrorism is going to be. And then we built a tremendous piece of the wall and then we. <laughs> okay, you get it. Um, first off, legal immigrants commit crimes at a much lower rate than natural-born citizens. Illegal immigrants commit crimes at a much lower rate than natural-born citizens because they are afraid of deportation. kind of works. Imagine if we started deporting homegrown douchebags. I don't need to tell you guys that Donald Trump alleged without any evidence that these immigrants bring crime and disease with them. In his uh, book, Mein Kampf, Donald Trump's... Um, North Star wrote, all great cultures of the past perished only because in the originally creative race died out from blood poisoning. In another passage of Mein Kampf, Hitler describes Jews as disabling the fatherland through blood poisoning. Quote, it seemed as if some all-pervading poisonous fluid had been injected by some mysterious hand into the bloodstream of this once heroic body. Guys, he's quoting Hitler against non-white immigrants. Ruth van Giat said the Nazis made their fear of blood pollution of their master race and their civilization as a foundation of their state, trying to dehumanize the group and over and over again to get Americans used to the idea that they should be persecuted so they won't resist when their oppression comes later. This, too, is a fascist tactic. Now, after the Colorado Supreme Court kicked Trump off the ballot, 
uh, Republicans are flipping out. The state Republican Party in Colorado is trying to sidestep the ruling by getting rid of the primary altogether and having a caucus. But it's interesting how Republicans are really avoiding talking about this. I mean, you'd think it was Kate Cox having to leave Texas to get an abortion. They're avoiding it so much. J.D. Vance, who's a professional eyeliner model and uh, author and senator from Ohio, he once famously in a text message compared Donald Trump to Hitler. He privately called Donald Trump America's Hitler. Now, this eyeliner model who once compared Trump to Hitler is really mad that experts are comparing Trump to Hitler. And just because Trump talks like Hitler. I want you to give a quick little listen. This is J.D. Vance. We'll just play like about a minute 20 of this. And and again, um, he tries to blame it on fentanyl. Donald Trump never mentions fentanyl. Give a listen. And so, so what do you have to say to um, the former president's comments over the weekend about immigrants and saying that they're poisoning the blood of America? Well, look, I've been asked this question a number of times, and here's, here, here's my view on these comments. First of all, he didn't say immigrants were poisoning the blood of this country. He said illegal immigrants were poisoning the blood of the country, which is objectively and obviously true to anybody who looks at the statistics about fentanyl overdoses. And I, I think just one, one observation about the press as an organization, you guys seem far more upset about the guy who criticized the problem than you did about Joe Biden, who's causing this problem. Can what? you just go back to his comments, though, sure. and sort of using language that we heard you know, during World War II? I'm sure you're a student of history. You're well aware what that kind of language represents in, in historical context. What organization do you represent? I work at the Associated Press. The idea that I am well aware, you just framed your question implicitly assuming <laughs> now, that Donald Trump gotcha, is talking right? about Adolf Hitler. It's absurd. It is absurd. Why do you think that Donald Trump's language is targeted at the blood of the immigrants and not at the blood of the American citizens who are being poisoned by the what? fentanyl problem? Why think it's ridiculous? If you watch the speech in context and you look at what's going on, it is obvious that he was talking about the, the very clear fact that the blood of Americans is being poisoned by a drug epidemic. What? Okay, thank you, Chris. Uh, Now, just again, you guys heard the clip. Donald Trump never mentioned fentanyl, did he? Didn't come up. No. He was talking about non-white people coming here and poisoning the blood of the body politic. Trump made almost the same comments with the far-right website National Pulse last November. That's where he began to call other people vermin, which is a word Hitler used to disparage Jews. And we know that Hitler admired the ethnic cleansing of the First Nations people here in the U.S., We know Hitler looked up to it. Ken Burns' excellent film, America and the Holocaust, shows how America's reservation system for the indigenous people inspired the concentration camp policies of the SS. Now, Americans, by and large, want a strong border. Americans, by and large, support sane immigration laws. Uh, The Republican Party will never work with the Democratic Party to get that done. You understand, right? They've lost abortion. They're not going to lose this. The Republican Party will never do anything anything because uh, the people aren't coming here because of joe biden people are coming here because of one reason and i'm fond of telling it repeating it over and over again white people given jobs that is the only reason they come here across the border that is the only reason they risk their lives to live a better life for their families which i think most of us would do if we were born where they were born and grew up the way they grew up i don't mean to impose empathy on republicans at christmas time But they come here for the jobs. You will never hear a Republican calling to incarcerate white people who hire them because they don't want to lose the issue. Now, according to Godwin himself, the guy who made up Godwin's law, he doesn't think Biden's guilty of violating it. 
He said, quote, in an interview with Politico, you could say the vermin remark or the poisoning the blood remark. Maybe one of them would be a coincidence, but both of them pretty much make it clear there's something thematic going on and I can't believe it's accidental. He went on to say there's nothing categorically wrong with Biden's or anyone else's comparison of Trump calling people vermin or talking about blood poisoning to Hitler. I mean, Stephen Miller wrote it for him. And Stephen Miller has been giving him all these kinds of trigger words to use. And you know it has that little fascist Miller all over it. He wrote the speech. I mean, Donald Trump is functionally illiterate. Stephen Miller writes this kind of stuff. And Stephen Miller really is the American success story. Only in this country could a young Jewish boy grow up to be a Nazi. But I just want to play one last clip really quick before we get to Brian Karam. This is uh, the most unfunny person in the world, Jesse Waters, who is less funny than Hiroshima footage, uh, talking with Stephen Miller about how much they'd love it Christmas time to fly asylum seekers and migrants out of the country. Uh, listen to God help us if we are judged by these men. Waters and, 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 and voices. I'm, I'm hearing that Stephen Miller is getting his pilot's license next month, and he's going to be personally <laughs> deporting these people, plane load after plane load. Is that true, Miller? Don't get me excited, Jesse. Look, the <laughs> That's how you want to spend your retirement, right? <laughs> yes. I'd spend, I'd, I would spend my Christmas holiday doing that if I could, Jesse. I think... Yeah, it was funny. It was shared all day. Uh, you understand what they did there? They're just saying, okay, it's Christmas, and the Republican and Fox News attitude at Christmas is, there's no room at the inn, and you stay the fuck away from our manger. My friends, as Christmas approaches, let me remind you that every American citizen is a descendant of either an Indian, a slave, a refugee, or an immigrant. All of us in this complicated, beautiful, ugly experiment come from one of those four groups. And MAGA folk, if you're still really mad that your Hitler quoting ruler was thrown off the Colorado ballot because he led an insurrection to overturn the election, you guys are going to be really mad when he's found guilty in the documents case and is banned from holding office ever again. Hey, maybe you guys should send him a really big check. How did his money get in your checking account anyway? Come on, MAGA. Do what you're here for. We got a quick break. We'll be right back with your calls and the great Brian Karam. This is SiriusXM Progress. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. Win, lose, or draw in this election, will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? There has been rioting in Louisville, there's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I understand that, but people are rioting. Do you commit to making sure that there's a peaceful transferal of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, The ballots are out of control. You know it. And you know who knows it better than anybody else? The Democrats know it better than anybody else. Uh, you could hear the sound of your jaw hitting your lap when Donald Trump stupidly came out and advertised that he would, in fact, be the first president to deny the American people a peaceful transfer of power. For 220 years, we had a really good, really good streak from the time John Adams lost to Thomas Jefferson and voluntarily left. 220 years before Trump blew it. And he gave us that teaser campaign right there. Guys, our next guest question. Brian Karam is an award-winning investigative reporter and writer and producer and veteran and best-selling true crime author, former correspondent for America's Most Wanted. Brian was the first American reporter allowed inside Pablo Escobar's palatial mansion after he escaped from Colombian authorities. He was one of the first reporters to enter Kuwait City after its liberation during the Gulf War. Brian was presented with the National Press Club's Freedom of the Press Award after he was jailed for protecting a confidential source. And you should catch his podcast, Just Ask the Question, if you love good politics or good music talk. Brian, welcome back. Uh, congratulations on being immortalized by the Colorado Supreme Court. <laughs> well, John, Merry Christmas from from, <laughs> from a Jesuit to from one Jesuit to another, or at least a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my dad was a Franciscan. That's as close as I got. Uh, but uh, can I just before we even get into this deeply, Brian, what was the process of you discovering in this incredibly historical significant ruling that a president is going to be thrown off the ballot in one of our states, a state he was never going to win anyway? Uh, how did you find out that you were cited in this ruling? Well, as soon as the uh, as soon as the decision came down, I got a copy of it and started reading it. And uh, right, I think it was page 106 in it. I, I'm reading through it and I'm going, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was me. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> he asked that question six weeks before. And they cited it as one of the reasons of that they knew that Trump was uh, was going to stage a coup. And, you know, they're absolutely right. He told us on that day he had no desire to uh, to have a peaceful transfer of power unless he was it was transferring to him. And he and he said, you know, count the ballots, stop counting the votes and there won't be a transfer. I I, I remember when I asked him that question, I kept looking around the room going, did did anybody else? He said it. He said it. Did you hear it? Did you you hear what the guy said? And it took the next question wasn't a follow up 
question at all. It was about, uh, you know, Prince Harry and Meryl Marco or something. And uh, I, I, I was shocked that no one followed <laughs> Meryl up. Meryl Marco, Prince Harry and Meryl Marco. Is that what you just said? Because I love you if that's what yeah. you just said. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a, Prince Harry and his wife, Meryl Marco. I love her. She's a hilarious writer for Letterman for years. Yeah, yeah, that, you know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but I'm going to tell, yeah, I'm going to tell Meryl, I'm going to tell Meryl Marco that you thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to Megan, remember. But anyway, you got it. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Um, uh, I, I got a quote. Go ahead, please continue, sir. Well, it wasn't until a day later that anyone followed up on it. And that was because it just it went viral. And most of my colleagues just missed it in the room. And I, I was shocked then. And I'm shocked now. I, and I can't believe that any president, any president. I mean, look, John, all kidding aside, um, our, our country, one of the reasons why we've stood above other countries is because we've always had a peaceful transfer of power. No matter what the acrimony, no matter what, we put it away and we move on. And Trump simply refused to do that. He is a traitor to America. You uh, wrote something earlier today that I, I want to share. Um, Donald Trump is profoundly arrogant, ignorant, insipid, and insidiously ridiculous. But the Colorado Supreme Court case shows what I've said for months. It's way too soon to say he's the Republican nominee. I still don't believe he'll even be on the ballot next November. I mean, Brian, I, I was saying a few moments ago, if he's convicted in the classified documents case, he can never serve again. There is a very strong chance that the Republicans will nominate a convicted felon to be their nominee next summer. Uh, do you think they'll care if he's constitutionally and judiciously ruled ineligible from serving? Uh, have you seen the GOP today? <laughs> yeah. Do they not care? They probably cheer. There are people today saying this only helps Donald Trump. And yeah. I've got to go, yeah, in what universe? If for the love of heavens, he's facing 91 felony charges in four different jurisdictions. He's got a civil he's going to lose his business to in civil penalties in New York. I think there are what 15 other states that are considering bouncing him off the ballot. He's yeah. he he's he's got the Georgia thing. Look, this guy is not Neo in the Matrix. He can't dodge bullets. He's going down, folks. And, um, I, you know, Nikki Haley has a better chance of being the nominee for. Well, that's that's where I want to take this, because, um, yeah, I have no doubt that old Joe can beat Donald Trump. <laughs> a lot of money people on the right wing believe that old Joe cannot beat Nikki Haley. Now, Nikki Haley believes yep. in nothing. Uh, she's an absolute joke, but um, she could conceivably beat Joe Biden unless people care about the fact that she's flip flopped on pretty much everything she's ever claimed to believe in just to get power. Uh, is the best case scenario that I mean, again, Trump was never going to get the 10 electoral votes out of Colorado anyway. Biden got those the yeah. last time. So I'm more than willing to have Trump spend millions of dollars on legal fees so he can lose to Joe Biden in the general election anyway in Colorado. Yeah, I think everybody would be happy with that. Uh, that is, if you're cogent, if you're a mm. sycophant of the Republican Party, you believe that this strengthens, you know, uh, Donald Trump. And let me just put it this way. In the season of giving and Christmas, if you believe that Donald Trump is your savior and you don't yet understand that he's a grifter, I'll ask you this way. Donald Trump's supporters continue to give him money and claim that we're far worse off than we are are now than we were under Donald Trump. So yeah. if financially you're in such distress 
this holiday season. <laughs> Why would you sacrifice giving to your family and your friends to give to Donald Trump? You tell me he's a billionaire. He'll be OK. Take care of your family. Don't donate to Donald Trump. Have some sense. <laughs> but he's a billionaire who needs money and he, he doesn't have any to help yeah. Rudy. No money for Rudy. Sorry, Rudy. But uh, he, he, he just <laughs> he needs he's a billionaire who's low on cash because uh, he's fighting so hard for non-billionaires like he has his entire adult life. Um, so so I want to bring up not just the Republican faithful, but the Republican legislators, Brian, because I think there's a different kind of outrage there. I think some of these Republican legislators are a bit scared. I want to play Jim Jordan, who has been saying nonstop that we have to impeach Joe Biden, even if there's no evidence, because now he thinks the Democrats have gone too far. Here's Jim Jordan. The scariest thing of all, in my in my judgment, John, is the escalation with what the left will do to try to keep Donald Trump out of the White House. I mean, first it was they spied on his campaign, then it was the Mueller investigation, then it was the impeachment, then it was raiding his home, then it was indicting him in four different locations, two Jack Smith at the federal level, two at the state, state level in Atlanta and, and Manhattan, and now they're trying to keep him off the ballot. This from the party who talks about we're protecting democracy. It's ridiculous what they're doing to President Trump, and I think the country sees through it. So to your last question, it may in fact help him in Colorado, but certainly I believe is going to help him around the country and is already doing so as evidenced by the poll numbers, which show him winning in every single poll. OK, uh, the polls are bullshit. But what it's telling there, Brian, is when Jim Jordan said the scariest thing of all, because I think there's a lot of Republicans who are pretty scared to think that maybe this would happen to not just Donald Trump. A judge just ordered Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry to turn over his cell phone records to federal prosecutors in the election subversion case. Now, Perry might not be criminally charged, but he doesn't need to be to be kicked off the ballot in the state of Pennsylvania. There is so much evidence of so many Republican electeds participating in this coup plot everywhere. And if this judge, the, the Supreme Court just ruled yesterday that Donald Trump did, in fact, take part in an insurrection. So he's not qualified to be on a ballot. You see where I'm going with this? Uh, yeah, some enterprising I, billionaire with some spare cash could put a lot of money into getting all kinds of insurrectionists thrown off ballots in their home states. Well, and Jim Jordan has a lot to worry about because he's, you know, if you go to the basement of hell and dig 20 feet <laughs> deeper, you might find the ceiling of the suite that belongs to Jim Jordan. You're going to have to dig another 20 feet underneath that to find Jimbo. He's the guy who says that if you're subpoenaed by Congress, you should show up and, and testify. Yet he hasn't. So the yeah. hypocrisy knows no bounds. And I'm sorry, but how is supporting the Constitution by prosecuting those who violate it anti-democratic? How is that fascism? No, okay, that's well, the just argument, the argument, the argument that they're going to have. And this is what concerns me as well, because this is the part I struggle with. I, I said this last night and I need to be talked off ledges about it because I see this two ways. I think, yeah, Donald Trump's disqualified. The court's right. He is unfit to hold office. He violated the 14th Amendment. It is black and white. Case closed. At the same time, I'm scared because Democrats are making a play for 2024 saying we're the party that's going to protect democracy and Republicans are going to use this and fundraise off this as saying, here's proof. Democrats don't want to let Americans vote for the candidates they want to vote for. Democrats don't believe in democracy, blah, 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 Benghazi birth certificate. You know what they're going to do. And you know yeah. that Donald Trump is going to play the martyr card to 15 and fundraise like a fiend off of this to say nothing of the worry about 
violence from Trump people. I, I the Supreme Court was right. I'm just I'm still struggling with with thinking, man, is it better if he's just beaten at the ballot box? Because now he'll have well, the rest of his life to claim it was rigged because of this. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know how long that life will be. I mean, here's a guy the actual aerial tables will, will catch up to. And I don't really give a damn at the at the end of the day. I'll talk you off the ledge with this. Let justice Please. be done. No one is above the law. Screw Donald Trump and anybody else who breaks the law. John, if this were me or you talking off the ledge, you and I'd be sitting in orange togs right now, not exactly. able to make bail. So uh, this is justice. Do, the long arm of the law reaching out and finally, you know, showing some some <laughs> some spine. And I'm as far with you. as making and as far as making, you know, hay off of it, Donald Trump's going to fundraise. Off, look, if he has a hangnail, he's going to blame it on Democrats. If And Jim Jordan the same way. They're all running scared. This is this yes. is them running scared. But could this be an even deeper level of fear for these evil motherfuckers? Because let's remember Jim Jordan yeah. and Kevin McCarthy and Mark Meadows and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Lindsey Graham, all the same pre-existing sedition. And what if the Supreme Court upholds? What Colorado did and says, no, you are right. He engaged in insurrection. Throw him off the ballot. Could we not see all kinds of Republican electeds subsequently thrown off the ballot if Trump's case is a valid precedent? I mean, this could knock a lot of MAGA rock stars out day? of office. But think of this all day. I was thinking about this. This could really work. <coughs> this is why they're really terrified. Yeah, of course, that's why they're really terrified. And you're just trying to make me happy during the Christmas season. So let's <laughs> look. I don't know what the Supreme Court is going to do. I don't even know if they'll take up the case. They they probably will. Um, but there are two. I, I don't see this as an open and shut case for Donald Trump. And by the way, if it is, if they rule in his favor in this, what's to keep Biden or the Democrats from doing the same thing? And by the way, Kamala I know Harris can file fake it, electors as soon as she wants to. Exactly. And look, at the end of the day, I know this much. Probably I, I'm going to say six members of the U.S. Supreme Court don't like Donald Trump. And mm -hmm. I know that at the end of the day, they do believe that if they allow him to do what he wants to do, that negates their entire mission. They become a neutered Supreme Court. and They don't want that. So I find it very um, unconvincing when people say, well, they'll fight, they're going fine for Donald Trump. They love him. I, I don't right think on. they understand the law or the or or the Supreme Court. And I do believe that Donald Trump is scared to death and every ketchup <laughs> bottle in America should be. Before I let you go, sir, Mark Meadows, he hasn't had a good week either. I mean, saying I really want a federal jury really means I really want a whiter jury, doesn't it? I mean, am I reading this right? Mark Meadows yeah. is the man we have to thank for so much of this. And I think he's going to be the grift that keeps giving well into 2024. Well, I think Mark Meadows is destined to, uh, to be, you know, a, a, a witness in witness protection somewhere. But I, I think that Mark Meadows is doomed to fail as well. And not being able to... Not being able to take this to a federal court means that he's going to have to cut a deal. And I think yeah. that's this was his last chance to get out of it without cutting a deal. And now he that's will. It. And and woe beyond to Donald Trump. The Georgia case alone is, you know, he Donald Trump is running for president to keep his own butt out of prison. And so thinking that if he's in office, he can just pardon himself. But he can't do that in Georgia.
And that's going to be the end of Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, and this whole sordid affair. So keep your eyes open. I still don't believe Donald Trump will be on the ballot in 2024. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be Haley? Who do you who do you think is going to be the nominee? Because I don't you know, I don't I don't know that, you know, I mean, I, Haley, I considering the, the women that are going to be voting against this party, Haley is the only choice this party can hope for as a nominee to win the presidency. Well, there is Liz Cheney, strip but back and scale that. back. Uh, that, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> they'll no, never I mean, do that. You really but, think Trump won't be the nominee, even if that's I've, the will of the voters, even if that's the will of the voters and Trump wants to run? I you can run for president from jail. Yeah, I I understand that, but I I mean actuarial tables being what they are, stress. Uh, look, this the presidency ages you. Donald Trump is aged, infirmed, and everyone likes to point at you know <laughs> at Joe Biden and saying he's an old guy. He's in a lot better shape than Donald Trump. So I don't know if the actuarial table they could get them both. I mean, there's so many plates spinning. Who knows? But Donald Trump facing what he's facing, losing his business facing these felonies, now facing not being on the ballot. There are just too many, too many switches being thrown that indicate that he won't be there. And I think at some point in time, the GOP will cut, you know, fish or cut bait. They're going to cut their losses and see, like you said, that uh, the polls and I hate the polls. And let me tell you why, because briefly, as brief as I can make that one of the reasons why I hate the polls more than anything else, because lazy reporters use them because they don't understand how to cover politics and they cover it like a baseball game. Top of the yeah. second. And here's, you know, Joe Biden comes sure. bad. He's down. He's down two runs. It's, you know, that's bull. That none of it. First of all, the nuance of a poll. How was it scientifically conducted? Who did it? How many people? What was the sampling? When was it done? None of that we even care about anymore. You know, some guy could come out and go, I did a poll and we'll report on it. And that's yeah, fundamentally for for reporting. So the polls aside, if you put the polls aside, I don't think that Donald Trump has a flat chance of being free. I think that he's, he's infirmed. And I think at some point oh, in time, the Republicans are going to. I made you so happy. I made you smile so much in this interview, and you just broke my heart. Brian, I want to see a man lose the popular vote for a third time. I, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of history. Don't take that well, from me. There's there's something to be said about that. <laughs> but I mean, I don't I mean, Nikki Haley will be a disastrous president. She won't be as funny as Trump, uh, you know, but uh, OK. I mean, I I. I, I I hate to I hate to on, on, on the eve of Christmas part ways with you. This is like that episode on the Dukes of Hazard when Duke fought Duke. But I'm sorry, I have to hold out for the belief that Donald Trump gets the nomination and drags the Republican Party to hell with him for one more election. Well, I just I'm sorry. I got to believe. Oh, no, they're not. Nikki Haley, Nikki, Nikki Haley picking a cabinet. That, that's that's pretty Nikki Haley being seen as the respectable one. Mm -mm. Uh, well, I don't ooh. think she'd win either. And I think I, I, I'm not sure. Who will be on either ballot mm. next year? I think okay, all of it's enough. still way up in the air. But at the end of the day, um, Nikki Haley isn't nearly as funny. But my God, take a look at the cabinet that Donald Trump put together the first time. Uh, it's not you, my Jesus. <laughs> the uh, second Trump cabinet, uh, Himmler. Uh, nice. <laughs> I mean, <come> on. <laughs> Goebbels. Ryan 
Brian Karam, it, it does my heart good every time you join us. Thank you for classing up our show so many times. It's really been a joy having you be part of the varsity all through 2023. Please, please, my, my congratulations to you and your wife on your anniversary. And please convey yep. my condolences to your wife on your anniversary. My deepest regrets <laughs> to her. Uh, how, cool. how long have you been married? How long have you been married? 40 years. Unreal. 40. Unreal. Y'all met his I'm still 19. My knees are 90, but, you know, I've... <laughs> Everybody follow Mr. Brian Karam. Congratulations on being immortalized in an historic Colorado Supreme Court ruling, man. What a crazy year. I can't wait to make sense of the next one with you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Have a happy, happy. We'll be right back with your calls. 866-997-4748. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM. Let's get back to the phone. Some of you all have been very, very patient. We're going to get to everybody's calls tonight, and I will thank you all profusely for your patience. Hugh in New Jersey, thank you so much for waiting. You're on progress. Want to talk about Colorado? You know, uh, I, I agree with about ninety percent of what you say, but because you don't want to, you want Donald Trump on the ballot. I have to support a third party candidate for this show now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, tell me who do you, who do you want to see be who, who do you want to see be the Republican Party nominee next year? Who do you, who do you think is the best chance of keeping Republicans out of the White House? Well, Donald Trump certainly. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely like Trump to be the, the nominee, but I think, okay. um, you know, the Republicans can you know spin straw into outrage. They don't need an actual event like like him being removed from the ballot in Colorado to gin up, you know, the hate machine to 11. I know you're right. That's true. It's very true. And, and you know what? There's going to be a lot more things. Donald Trump's going to have a lot more legal problems in the next 12 months. That's going to make Colorado look quaint. He was never going to win Colorado anyway. It's not that big a deal. When you think about some of the legal setbacks this man's going to have in the next year, you're right. This is barely an appetizer. Yes, indeed. But I think uh, I agree with Stephanie Miller. Every legal means necessary. We have to press I'm with you. every front. Absolutely. Not yeah. worrying about the, the unintended consequences. You know, uh, it's. The, oh, I'm sorry. I have to worry about the reason. I, I'm worried very much about the unintended consequences, but I still think that they had legal standing for it. I'd love to see a full Supreme Court say, yes, we uphold the, what the Supreme Court of Colorado did. I don't think they will, but I, I'd love to see it. I wonder if they'll chicken out and just not hear the case, but. But um, uh, they might punt it. Don't be yeah. surprised if they punt it. But I think Supreme Court will they'll 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 reject Trump on his claims of immunity 
And then they'll say, oh, but the Colorado court was wrong. You know, it's John Roberts. They're going to try to have it both ways. They're going to do something to enrage MAGA and something that's constitutional. Yeah, they can quote in law textbooks later on or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, but I, I think you've got to, every possible thing, you've got to stick it to the Republicans, too, because it's a balance of terror at this point. You know, I mean, they don't, You're right. they don't you know, I, th- I think of the Republicans as like the Russians now. And we won the balance of terror when we went after the Russians, uh, you know, in the Cold War. It, it had a, yeah. a lot of terrible costs, but it did work. I think we have to. Kissing Jerry in here a little bit, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's and, interesting. I, I don't view the Republicans as being Russian-like because I think Russians are lovely people. I think you're Putin-like. I think this Republican yeah, Party's agenda I, I is mean, becoming almost indistinguishable from Putin's. And the very fact that so many of these alleged Christians find Putin's civilian slaughter to be totally acceptable, I think we. Uh, I, I'm surprised that Democrats yeah. aren't running with that more. We already knew they hate the democracy, and so and they love authoritarianism. So I guess I'm not surprised. But I'm really ready for a moral backlash to these pro-Putin war simp's in the Republican Congress. I would, yeah. I, I'm just I'm hoping they're trying, you know they're waiting to hear the starting gun go, and then they're going to start attacking along those lines because it could be. Well, you know, MAGA can get as pissed off as they want. It doesn't matter. The rest of us are the majority and the rest of us are already pissed off. So MAGA can rage all they want. As long as we stay mad, I'm not really worried about a Republican taking the White House next year. Yeah, me me neither. Good. Cool. Thanks. Oh, and and by the way, I I stuck uh, James David Vance into an anagram machine last last week. What'd you get? Vance's mad jive. Vance's mad jive. That's very nice. I'd, I'd like to see something more about him sort of being like, you know, Hitler's toilet slave. But if you can get something more along those lines uh, with wearing a lot of eyeliner, that's more J.D. Vance to me. But whatever you can do, I'm, I'm happy for it. Thank you. It is now my thank you, sir. And now but now it's my great pleasure to welcome uh, our next guest. You might know this gentleman as a comedy writer and performer who began his TV career writing for the Peabody Award winning Comedy Central series Mystery Science Theater 3000, where he played TV's Frank, the bumbling yet lovable mad scientist sidekick. Frank then went on to be a writer, producer and actor on the ABC series Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, as well as being a writer and producer on the Drew Carey show on ABC. You may have even seen or heard him on this here show as well. Everyone bow down to the best deadpan in American comedy and one of the finest writers in the game. TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, Happy John, Christmas. You, yeah, and you're right. I, I do have the best uh, bedpan in um, comedy. I'm so sorry. No, I forgot you have dyslexic ears. I said deadpan, deadpan. It's your, oh. your deadpan style, not your bedpan uh, limitations. I have, since my uh, surgery, I have great bedpan style especially when I, was in the hosp- when I was in the hospital okay is i don't think your bedpan compares to buster keaton's i gotta be fair buster keaton was <laughs> the best bedpan in the history he was of the silent best. Pictures. <laughs> frank it's really really great to have you back i want to thank you so so much for joining us uh right here before the end of the year and i want to quote you today because you had the best joke i think of the month of december rfk jr is the star wars holiday special of kennedy's i that, <laughs> Well, thanks, John. And you know what? I I have to throw an assist your way on that one because um, you're the one who told me to watch um, the documentary (laughs) Disturbance in the Force, which I I just watched last night. And and uh, was it was really, really good because uh, really right. It's great. Yeah, it's it's not um, uh, for for those listening. We are talking about Disturbance, a Disturbance in the Force, a documentary about the making of the Star Wars holiday special. The most and, unwatchably bad TV show ever. 
Yeah, and it. and um, uh, you know, but but this, the the documentary it was much more than just funny people talking about how awful it is. You know, it really like went into the story of how it was made and the context in which it was made, and mm-hmm. uh, it was like it was it was. It was really good reporting is what it was and very entertaining, yeah. too. So that's why I had the Star Wars holiday special in my mind. Because normally <laughs> well, I try to put it out of my mind. But, me too. Uh, me too. Yeah. No, I, I I saw it as a kid. I was mortified. We talked about this last week on the show. And then uh, in the 90s, I bought a DVD of it because uh, there was a bootleg DVD and I had to see it. And it, I, it's it's not funny it's so bad you cannot watch it and they you know made what? the fact I, that they made a watchable enjoyable smart moving film about just it, it's so much worse than Drek. go ahead frank yeah and uh, uh george lucas only added to its mystique by trying to bury it which just <laughs> fueled the legend of it and i actually i i came up with i i think a great idea if, that i would have pitched to george lucas if i had worked with him like in the past um, I would have I would have said you should put out um, the Star Wars holiday special deluxe apology edition. <laughs> In other words, I'm serious about this, like put it out on a DVD and then and then uh, <laughs> instead of regular commentary, you you open with uh, uh, you, George Lucas apologizing profusely for it, explaining <laughs> so that funny. you were bu- you were busy with Empire Strikes Back. You left it. It it, it became something that you hated. And then I have, like this idea. Have, yes. Have his apology and then have another feature. The making of George Lucas's apology. Yes. Uh, and, and then and, 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 the and, merchandising, and, Frank, you could have Bruce Valanche action figures as he tries <laughs> to salvage the script. That's another great idea. But also (laughs) just have them get into, you know, how how into the technology George Lucas is, how he he went to THX and and made sure that his apology was in pristine (laughs) digital sound so that everyone would hear it. And, and, And I'm serious about this in the sense that if he had just had a sense of humor about it and, mm-hmm. and put it out like that. And laughed it off. Laughed it off. Then then there wouldn't have been a big mystique about it. And, and he, you know, it could have been a fun. I don't know if he has that kind of <laughs> sense of humor. But, By the it, way, it would have he, been a fun thing. They, the THX uh, recommends that when you go to see George uh, Lucas's apology tour, you sit in the center of the auditorium. The, the sound yes, is best exactly. for the apology when you're right in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank, you, you also wrote Colorado Supreme Court rules that Trump is disqualified from being president. OK, fine. But when has having no qualifications ever been a disqualification for holding office? Yeah, I don't see how that's a thing. George Santos's corpse isn't even cold yet. And you're telling jokes uh, like this, Frank. Uh, I'm guessing you were full of rage at uh, at Trump, you know, I, I, being deprived the chance to be on the Colorado ballot. I, I'm not convinced it's going to stand, but it's been really interesting watching people who have been asking us to take impeaching Joe Biden with no evidence seriously. Now outraged that a court issued yeah. a 200 page ruling showing that Donald Trump did what we all saw him do on TV. Yeah, well, I mean. You know, they're beyond the pale with this stuff. But um, I do think that um, like when these things come out, uh, even like the Trump indictments and the and 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 this about what Colorado did um, in a way, all of it, I, I think all the legal stuff is in some ways a distraction for us, the voters, because 
the way to 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 deal with Donald Trump is to not elect him next year. You know, in other yes. words, uh, work really hard to uh, support Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris and um, and also get a Democratic uh, House of Representatives and Senate and and very important, your local state legislatures, too. Um, yes. You know, I, 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 there's a tendency, I think, like in like the narratives that that like MSNBC presents, you know, they do show after show after show about Trump's legal problems and and what trouble he's in with the law, which is all true. But it's it's but the the. The, the only really effective thing we ever did against Donald Trump was not reelect him in 2020, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and that's where the power is. It's it's with us. It's not with the courts. It's a very and it's good not point. With, and it's not with the institution of the Senate, which didn't impeach him, you know, or didn't, uh, you know, make him disqualified. They, they could have taken care of the Republicans could have taken care of that. But, you know, as you know, they're in complete uh, thrall. Of, yes. uh, of their dictator. Indeed. Indeed. That's why I look, I'll keep saying it. I just don't want to see anything get in the way of Donald Trump losing the popular vote a third time next year. Um, Frank, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people who want to weigh in uh, on, on this and get your thoughts. And I also want to ask you a few more Hollywood questions as well, including about this new trend of uh, trying to hide that musicals are musicals. But shall we take some calls from the evil army of the night? May we? Uh, sure. I love that. Let's topic, hit the phones. Though. I would love, but I want to talk about it with yeah. you. We are at 866-997-4748. And we're getting to everybody's call tonight. I promise you, Sean in California, you've been on hold the longest. Thank you for your patience. Well, hey, brother. Well, you know, my thing is, um, and I don't know. First of all, I don't think it's going to happen. It's wishful thinking. But if the Supreme Court ever wants to be taken seriously, again, ever, right, they would actually um, unanimously, you know, disqualify Donald bin Laden because what Colorado did is correct. There's no doubt. We all know he was the leader of an insurrection. I call it worse than that traitor and, yeah. and terrorist attack, all that. I call it terrorism. It's not going to happen. But I don't know what's going to happen. I, my, my guess is they won't take the case. They'll just blow it off and let Colorado have their decision and let it be a state's thing. Mm. But, you know, once again, if, if John Roberts, there's been tons of reporting. He's very concerned with this institution. You know, being, Oh, I'm sure he is. Know, He's very concerned that John Roberts, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, he is concerned in the fact that he'll be irrelevant. I mean, if Donald bin Laden gets... Yeah, he's been irrelevant for two years. He's, he's, been, he's been irrelevant for four years, actually. I mean, he's, you well, know, again, John Roberts cares about his place in the history books. That's what he cares about. And he cares about seeming yeah. like he's an impartial, non-political court, which, of course, is ridiculous. But that's why I he's think... And I'd love to know what you gentlemen think. I think that they're going to try to split the difference and pretend they've given something to both sides here. Pretend that's fairness. They don't care about justice. He wants to be popular. So he's going to pretend he's all Solomon-like by saying, I overrule the uh, Supreme Court of Colorado. Trump can be on the ballot. But Trump, you're wrong. You don't have immunity from what you did as president. And, and never mind the fact that, no, you should rule against Trump in both of those cases. But they'll split the difference. Mark my words, Frank. Don't you think that's the kind of well, false equivalency movie to expect from this scotus yeah although i i you know basically i think they're they're going to do what uh, whatever decision is 
leads the most to luxury vacations, I think, is, is the way that's going to go. Because <laughs> it seems like that's motivating a lot of uh, I mean, this, we talked about this last week. The Supreme Court is so corrupt and the Democrats are really doing nothing about it. They're, they're, they're not nothing. You know, like what you said about how they're having hearings about Hunter Biden and impeachment with no evidence. And there's all this stuff about Clarence Thomas and other right. members. It's all of there. It's all there, and it's incredible. Our friend Sheldon Whitehouse, Frank, Sheldon Whitehouse is making a lot of noise, but it's a Sheldon Whitehouse party, and no one else is in it. Yeah, they should at least be having. They should be having committees about it, putting it out there, um, and and you know, putting some pressure. There's no pressure on Clarence Thomas to do anything except you know, none whatsoever. Except delete his uh, Travelocity app because he doesn't. I mean, I mean, look, if it, it. if either of these, if any of these January 6th cases about the insurrection go before the Supreme Court, do you think Clarence Thomas is going to recuse himself because his wife was trying to overthrow the no. government as part of the scheme? His wife's literally part of the conspiracy. I was saying last Hello. night how under Nixon, Nixon thought he had a, had a, had a, a bunch of part ringers of on the, the Supreme attack. Court because he'd appointed so many. And it was it was it was Rehnquist who recused himself Ooh. and said he could not rule on Nixon. And that's what doomed Nixon's fate. A segregationist yeah. is more moral right. than Clarence that, Thomas. That, and, and, yeah. and, you know, in the in the Lyndon good. in the Lyndon Johnson administration, there was uh, uh, a Supreme Court Justice Abe Fortas who who had to resign. Mm-hmm. And, and I forget what the exact scandal was, but it was like so incredibly minor compared to anything that Clarence Thomas just like one thing that was like, yeah. A, a little off the books and, and unethical and and just the appearance of it. And it was a big scandal for the Johnson administration and, uh, and Abe Fortas had, mm. had to, had to resign. So the, the way the, the, the goalposts have been moved um, is just incredible, but, but it's also the fault of people You're not right. pushing back against it, you know? Sean, thank you so much for the call and thank you I for look, your passion. Let me go to David and I look, Go ahead. Oh, hey, everybody. It's our executive producer, Chris Hauselt. Hi, Chris. Well, I was I was wondering what (laughs) Abe Fortas uh, had done. And um, it's really funny. Uh, So uh, he had accepted a twenty thousand dollar retainer from a foundation of a Wall Street financier. A former friend and client, client in return Mm -hmm. for an unspecified, like a gift from a wealthy person. He had. uh, Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so embarrassing. That never happened. He he returned it and then he resigned. Yeah. I mean, Republicans used changed. to care. My uh, God. Yeah. Let's go, if we may, to uh, David in Santa Fe. David, thank you for your patience. You're on Sirius XM with TV's Frank. Wow. I got Hi, in David. there pretty quick. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Frank. What's up? Hey. I love your humor. I love your humor, Frank. I love oh, thank you. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> thank uh, you. John, um, you guys have pretty much covered the whole Colorado thing. I wanted to comment on that. Just yeah. Say, hey, the law is the law is the law. They just went by the law. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to elaborate on that too much. You guys have covered it. They did not, and they uh, they did. Just remember this: they 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 didn't have to have the Confederate soldiers, the Confederates, convicted in the court of law to ban them from right. running for office. Yeah. They were already right. guilty yeah, of sedition, so they didn't yeah. need a guilty verdict. Yeah. That's 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 right. the reasoning they're going to use, though, that Trump hasn't actually been convicted in a federal crime of insurrection. So this court had no standing. That's, you know, that's between, what they'll say. And they'll between, get away with it. 
between Trump not being yeah. on the ballot and and the availability of legal weed, I mean, Colorado's looking pretty good. <laughs> you know, they just keep doing stuff. And apparently, from what I heard, like when they um, made marijuana illegal or whatever they did, it, it like it was great for their economy, and you know, it, it brought people to their. That's state. the case you know, everywhere. I, it yeah, brings been, in tons yeah. of tax revenue. Yeah. <laughs> I've been breaking the law since 1969, as far as pot. <laughs> we used to call it pot. Right on. Yeah, same here. You know, I know. Now or whatever. I know. I'm old enough to remember you calling know, it pot. I wanted to mention. Yeah. I just wanted to mention real quick, and uh, I want to say thank you, please, Frank. I really appreciate every time you're on here. Uh, when thank Simon you. And Julie come on to, when Simon and Julie come on tomorrow night, uh, I'd like to. Um, put out a subject because you're always off on the 29th of December, which is this year is the yeah. 133rd anniversary of wounded knee, uh, shoot down. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, people who were dancing yeah. and they weren't just dancing. That's a prayer. That's a prayer yeah. to dance. And so they all got shot yes. down 300 people, but, uh, I'd like you to bring that up and maybe I can comment tomorrow night. Okay. And I'll get off. Sure, please call in. You know, when, when, when that horrible mass shooting, when that guy took the AR-15 and slaughtered all those poor people at the country music concert in Vegas in 2017, all the journalists said it's the worst mass shooting in American history. And they were all wrong. It was the worst mass shooting of white people in American history. It was like none of them had ever heard of Wounded Knee. So absolutely, David, thank you very much for the call. 866-997-4748. Um, Mr. Conniff, I want to talk to you about musicals, but let me get one more call in first. Mm-hmm. Blaine in Kansas, thank you so much for your patience on hold. You're on Sirius XM with TV's Frank. Hello, John. Hi. Uh, you, have, you have challenged the uh, listening audience to point out one actual teaching of Jesus that the Republican Party has fought for in this Please, century. please, yes, I, I need one, yes, please. Your, your implication is that there are none, but you have, have overlooked this one. Okay. I hope I have, because I've really gone through it, and I've been trying to find one that they have fought for legislatively uh, that's actually from the Gospels. What do you got? Uh, reading from the 19th chapter of Matthew, but Jesus said... Suffer, little children. And the Republicans do that every day, John. That's <laughs> a point. Oh, you got me so excited that I was going to be challenged about something, and instead you validate my every prejudice. I love you at Christmas time for this. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Did he hang up? Oh, right on, and to all a good night. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they're willing to make little children suffer, and they're they're willing to make pregnant moms bleed out in hospital parking lots as well. Uh, okay, Frank, I, there's a lot of serious stuff, but I, I did want to ask you about this. You retweeted this earlier, and I, I found it really fascinating. This new weird tradition. Um, I, I love musicals as much as any nervous heterosexual man does, but this whole new tradition in the wake of Wonka of studios that are terrified that musicals is, is bad for box office, and so they're trying to hide from the audience that a film actually comes with songs and dance numbers. I, I, I don't understand this. It's completely uh, bizarre, and it's it's kind of epitomizes how these entertainment companies are run by people who don't know what the hell they're doing. And, um, uh, you know, Wonka, I didn't know from the... Uh, um, from the ad that it uh, that it was a musical. I only heard about that recently. And um, yeah, it's so weird, too, with, uh, you know, Mean Girls, 
uh, it, it's called Mean Girls the Musical. It was a musical on Broadway. They put out an ad for it. So all anyone thinks is, well, they took this great movie, Mean Girls, and they just remade it for some reason. Like, you know, it's... I it's, know, they're not marketing. It, it, That's it a, makes, a musical. And... <laughs> I, it makes no sense. I don't get it. I mean, all. the color purple they are. The, they're, they're, they're marketing the color purple, the musical, as a musical. That's opening on Christmas Day. That's also Warner's, like Wonka. But I, I, have, to, I have to just imagine they're doing this because the, maybe the songs just aren't that good. <laughs> that was the I problem with the Tim Burton Wonka movie. Maybe that's why they're hiding it. Well, it might be. But um, uh, I, I think it would have been a really difficult marketing strategy if they had tried to do that with uh, the umbrellas of Schoenberg uh, in the 60s. Because <laughs> you see, oh be, everything in that movie is sung, so that would that would have been difficult. It's all sung. But, very, very hard but, for the trailer. But they're uh, making but, musicals, by the way, and people go, go to musicals that, you know, they're not going to, are they going to, you know, they have two wicked movies coming out. Are they going to pretend that those aren't musicals? I mean, it's just uh, and now is David Zaslav yeah, at, at Warner Brothers. Is he going to take all the songs mm-hmm. out of The Wizard of Oz and uh, and 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 use them as a tax write off or something? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, and by <laughs> yeah, the way, the like most a bad degree, girl movie. I don't know if you ever talked about it on the show, but the fact that they made a movie called um, uh, Roadrunner versus Acme that a lot of people said was great and they're not releasing it and doing it as a tax write-off. It's one of the most egregious things, egregious things ever in the, in the history of with a proven brand, a proven, a proven brand. brand. It's, it's, and, it's, you know, I, I just think uh, David Zasloff is, is just reprehensible unless he wants to hire me for something. Then I, then I will praise him. To of the course, sky. in that case, <laughs> I will grovel at his corporate feet. Well, yes. One more thing on this, Frank. Do you find it interesting that everyone's saying how, how Wonka had a fantastic $39 million opening, but this is after everyone saying that the Marvels, directed by a black woman, was an incredible flop with a $47 yeah. million dollar opening? I mean, yeah. I know it's Marvel and all, but like, why? why, why well, well, why they, is the movie they've with been, the female cast dif- and the black woman director called a flop for $47 million, but the musical with the white people was a, a hit with 39 and And they've been defaming her. They, they put out a story about how she didn't go to the, uh, to the cast and crew screening of the movie. It was like a big story in Variety. And it turned out she wasn't invited to it. It was her birthday. And they never did an, any article about any other director, any male white director, who didn't go to a certain screening, as if that's like a big news story. Um, uh, you know, I, I have uh, to say that I'm uh, that when Wonka is, is on basic cable, I will happily watch it. I'm not going to go out of my way to see too. it. I, the fact that it's made by the pad, the guy who did Paddington Two, or both Paddington movies, means that I will give it a chance at some point because nothing in the world, in the history of mankind, is better than Paddington 2. So I will uh, really give, true. give it a chance. <laughs> um, I just want to point out one last thing. Uh, the Marbles is the the, the, the highest 
opening weekend gross for any film by a black woman director in history. And we never heard that statistic talked about anywhere in the media. So, yeah. Okay, we are at 866-997-4748. Let let me take a quick break here. Mr. Conniff, you'll stay with us past the break, and we'll get everybody's calls when we return. This is SiriusXM Progress. Frank, let's do a really quick year in review when we come back. I'll throw out some big stories from the year, and I want to get your take on them. Uh, This is going to be the most low-rent year in review special we can possibly muster. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Lisa Marie Presley, another artist that left us in 2023. It was so tragic how we lost Lisa Marie Presley right after that film about Elvis came out. um, And it really overshadowed the fact that she had a great set of pipes. I wish she had put out more music. Never tried to sound like her dad. Found her own sound. This is Storm and Grace, a gorgeous haunting record. I didn't even know that. Right? Yeah, Lisa Mm -hmm. Marie Presley. Mm -hmm. Uh, Frank, you know, every day on the show, we only play we play music of what happened on this date in history or someone's Mm -hmm. birthday or an anniversary. This week, we're we're just playing artists who left us in uh, in Mm -hmm. 2023. And um, so far, we've been playing, obviously, David Crosby and Robbie Robertson, but also Sinead Mm -hmm. O'Connor and uh, Shane McGowan, Tony Bennett, Mm -hmm. Burt Bacharach. Uh, We already played Wayne Shorter um, on the show earlier tonight. So uh, we lost yeah. a lot. This was like 2016 lost, all over again. So some, many great musical artists. Greats. Lost some greats this year. Yeah. That's for sure. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John saying We are joined by the great TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. Frank, what, what, what will you remember about summer of 2023? Not a great year for a Mideast peace process or, or Titanic wreckage tourism. Um, but uh, did you have any high points emotionally this year? Any moments that filled you with, with hope and optimism? Um, not really, not particularly, uh, although there, there is always, uh, room for optimism and, and I, I try to have a, I work very hard to have a positive attitude, you know, but, um, you know, when, yeah. when you, when you, when you look at the fact that, that Donald Trump is running for president and he's the front runner and the Republican, uh, field and he, and he's competitive in the polling with Joe Biden. You you really wonder what kind of bizarre world we're living in, you know, 
mm-hmm. it really makes yeah. you hard to 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 be hopeful that so much of our country is in the thrall of, of this kind of thing. And, and you know, I guess it's just we've always been like this as Americans. You know, we were born in in uh, the great free country that enslaved people, you know, so it, yeah. it, it but it's, well, it's very, it can be very dis- discouraging, you know. Well, let me just remind you something. Most right now, no one's paying attention to politics, but a small percentage of the population. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just us news nerds that are following it. Next year, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot more engagement. People are paying a lot more attention. And I'm glad that the Biden White House has a fire lit under them right now. Well, in advance, they they got their work mm-hmm. cut out for them and they're not mm-hmm. going to coast to anything. But but also, I, I kind of feel like there were so many good moments of this year. I mean, Trump having to pay Eugene Carroll five million. Rudy Giuliani paying Ruby Freeman $148 million. Fox having to pay Dominion three-quarter of a billion. The Pope saying same-sex unions can be blessed. American yeah, labor was... coming back. Dolly Parton just covered Purple Rain. Henry Kissinger died. I mean, there's, there's, been, there's been sacred yeah, you moments, know what? There's been sacred moments. When you, when you um, asked me about uh, great moments this year, I, I completely forgot that Henry Kissinger died. So uh, I should have no complaints about anything in this world because... That I mean, I'm sorry for the us. people in hell. I'm I'm sorry for everybody in hell. I know that it's it's <laughs> like it was bad enough already, and now mm. he's there. But still, yeah. there's plenty of reasons to hang on and keep your head out the mm. oven. Let me go to the phones, uh, if I may. Brian in Oregon, thank you so much for waiting on hold. You're on with Sirius hey, you XM. How are you doing? Uh, Hi, Frank Conniff. Hello. Good. How are you? Good. Hi. Um, uh, hi. Uh, uh, Henry Kissinger, that was something I forgot. I already forgot about that. I think he's in a lower uh, stage than than hell, really. That asshole. Um, yeah. Really, he's in sub hell. Yeah, that special that that special place in hell they always talk about. He's, <laughs> exactly. he's there wherever that wherever <laughs> that is. He's hot, there. He's got the extra hot. Yeah, room. yeah, um, yeah. He's John in the hell hell's Dahlia. annex. They call it charming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. God. Um. I uh. The see. First. Dolly also covered Night Moves, which I thought was great. I heard the other night. Uh, by it's Bob a Seger. duet. Dolly Parton does Night Moves with Bob Seger, and she does I Let It Be with be Paul him. and Ringo. It's a really good record, man. This Dolly Parton rock and roll record, Frank, recommended. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was well. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but I'm thinking, first, uh, I had that thought that you were having today, last night, um, about uh, all these other people being being exposed with the Colorado uh, decision, especially like <laughs> what really struck in my head was Lauren Boebert and uh, her risk uh, to being on a ballot or being able to hold office with the. Uh, she's uh, they they also rule she's not constitutionally allowed to go see Beetlejuice again. Either. <laughs> That's or, actually correct. She's been she's been taken off the rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'll come again. I don't want to be mean to Lauren Boebert, Frank, because she's the only Republican willing to reach across the aisle and give out jobs. Lots of them. <laughs> Lots of them. Uh, we do this all night, folks. Mm-hmm. All night we're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, um, and I think, to me, I think it's time to start tying Trump to what, what, uh, what he really did. I think a lot of people have forgotten how evil he was with the forced hysterectomy in Georgia episode of 20 or 25 women of uh, migrants mm-hmm. or asylum seekers. And uh, yeah, I think if you're voting for uh, Trump, you're voting for that kind of evil, uh, is my, in my mind. 
You're voting for uh, for um, uh, an extremely bigoted, evil man, and you know. But take into account, we've only really known this about Trump since 1974. So it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really it's you know it's only it's only 49 years since he was first written up in the New York Times for racist housing practices. And imagine your family being too racist for Nixon. Just 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 think about that. Just think about <laughs> exactly. Nixon. Nixon and, and, whoa, there there's a line, fella. There there I was okay with some of this, but there's a line on your racism. Yeah, I mean I I really have no patience for these like uh, the Joe Scarboroughs and the Chris Christie's of oh, the world right. who were like, well, once, uh, uh, you know, since 2020, that's when I realized Trump was so bad, you know. Oh, what and, oh uh, I know. And it, it's just, Chris are, are you fucking... Yeah, it's like Chris. He's Christie really mad the, about how xenophobic Donald Trump is. The, this language Donald Trump's using towards immigrants, this has really been upsetting Chris Christie oh. since 2021, oh. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these, these, he was a sycophant. We all saw that press conference where he was standing behind Trump, you know, like, well, like, uh, <laughs> yes, the, that character on Game of Thrones, the uh, reek or whatever. Yeah. My, you know. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But my other my, my question other, is, how uh, many how many Harry? OK, go ahead, Frank. Go ahead. Then, then no, no, I was going to go say ahead, like like and then all of this coverage now about, oh, my God, the second Trump term is going to be so authoritarian and uh, we have to really be concerned about it, which we do. But these are the same people that helped him have a first term. Thank you. Yes. And, I constantly and, well, wonder how many. Hang, hang on one second. How, how how many Harry Potter books did Chris Christie have to read before he came out against Voldemort? That's my only question. Was it, was it six, <laughs> five? How, how many did it take? Go ahead, Brian. I, I think it was the seventh or maybe the eighth. Oh, there well, eighth. there was only seven. Yeah, I know. And they, they, <laughs> oh, they ruined it. Boy, they, but, they, um, I love that sixth book, and they ruined it. Oh, God. Um, yeah, Go ahead. The sixth, that, was, that was fabulous series. And, the, you know, the blind reader for the talking books was fabulous. I never I, uh, got to, to oh, really? for the, the guy who, uh, who was the British guy, old guy, that read the, for the Audible books. Oh, Jim Dale, I think, did that. Yeah, yeah Jim, he got uh, he won uh, Emmys, I think, or whatever they are. Not Emmys, that's TV. Grammys. Okay, I thought it was Jim Dale who did the books on tape for for for. I thought Jim but, Dale uh, did the books the on tape for Harry Potter, but I could be wrong. Sunvo, Sundavo, or something. Yeah, it was, okay. Or, it well, was hey, but um, cool man. My other thought, just the last thought, is Trump saying all this Hitler bullshit, and he sees the response yes. to it, and I think nobody should play that crap. Because he, he just he wants the media attention. Well, Look, he, he, yeah, I I'm mean, sorry, but if, if the former president directly quotes Hitler, you don't think the media should report about that? Uh, well, I, I mean, well, he's using just, Hitler's. Just, he, that's how he was with the wall. He tried the line once, got a huge roar. And, and then, of course, the media was playing about the wall, you know, every every goddamn event he had. Well, in, yeah. uh, 16. Frank, you know, Frank is there a danger that Trump's going to make Hitler look bad? <laughs> He, at least Hitler liked dogs. You know, that's been pointed out before. That's yeah, true. But, uh, um, you know, um, the thing is, is is people on our side are, are liberals like we make such a and, and, and you're right. We have to pay attention to it. But we make such a big deal out of everything he says as if it's as if it's like breaking news that he's a horrible authoritarian bigot who emulates Hitler. This has been known for years that he had. <laughs> that he had Hitler's speeches uh, by the side of his yeah. bed 
Um, so none of it is, is right. breaking news. And the thing is, is is when we uh, those of, of us on our side, when we get all in, cre- in, in a state of umbrage about it, it's it's they they love it on his side. He, I mean, That's some true. people are acting know, as owning like, the libs. People, people, yeah, exactly. They love owning the libs, and people are acting like as if we complain about this or point it out enough that Trump is going to um, have some contrition at some point. He's never going to have contrition about anything. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, he's going to Hitler it up um, all the way into next year. And, and his his base is going to love it. The, the, no one in the Republican Party is, is going to criticize him. And uh, that's right. You know, and, and the, the never Trumpers, the Lincoln Project people will be doing it for their own grift. So uh, we, we can't sure. really change, change any of, of those people. You know, by the way, I also want to point out we Hitler can't we can't we can't convert his base to our side. No. I think that's a that's a lost no. cause. You can't do it. All you can do is ridicule them enough and make sure the undecideds and independents don't want to be on that side. Right. And, and again, Hitler it up also happens to be the name of uh, Steve Bannon's new workout tape. OK, TV Frank, <laughs> it is so good having you with us. I'm so honored. We got one more visit with you before the end of the year. How can our listeners follow you and keep up with all your um, many comedic doings? Frank? You can go to uh, the dot com where we're trace uh, our monthly show digital shows the trace blue you and I do. Uh, and also go to dumb-industries.com for all information about that. And also you can get signed copies of my books, which I will personally sign. You can get those at dumb-industries.com. And I'm on all the remaining uh, social medias, uh, Frank Conniff. Frank, thank you so much. I hope to see you over the Christmas break. Let's hang out and uh, we'll see you in the new year. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. This is SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.